everyone, it's Paul Ward here and welcome to another edition of Farm Talk. I'm so excited today because we have Brian Oliver with Poseidon Brewing in Ventura, California. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. So, uh, so tell us about Poseidon Brewing Company. Poseidon Brewing Company is a, a small beer manufacturer here in Ventura, Ventura California. We're, uh, we're a small brewery, uh, seven barrel system. Mm -hmm. um, we, we make uh, a variety of beers, very eclectic, probably mm -hmm. over 60, 65 different uh, beers to date. Uh, some seasonals, mm -hmm. some uh, regulars that we have on all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do have a tap room mm -hmm. um, right now. It's uh, we're allowed to be 25% indoors, and if we got food, 50% indoors, and the the rest of it's like out here on a patio that we set up. Uh, we have a uh, um, beer to go options. You know, we have uh, four packs. We have growlers, crowlers uh, for people who are. Uh, who want beer off premise. Mm -hmm. um, and we also have uh, a variety of like merchandise here also. So it's kind of like a, a one-stop shop for everything small brewery. What is a seven barrel system? What does that mean? Seven barrel, so barrels uh, in uh, US is uh, 31 gallons uh, pertaining to beer. And so seven times 31, what's that? What were we at, 217? Uh, did you get my math right? Pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, so very small. I mean, uh, um, considering that some brew houses are like, uh, they can be really, really big, like mm -hmm. 50, 50 barrel plus systems. That's, that's even a small one. One of the reasons why I'm excited today is because I understand that Poseidon Brewing works with a lot of local vendors uh, for making your craft beers. Is we that do. correct? We do. Some of our best sellers is a fact. Yep. Great. And uh, I understand that you're also using some special products like chocolate and oranges and pepper and... If you name it, we'd probably put in a beer here. Really? We're pretty eclectic. Yep. Okay. So um, how would you use pepper in, a, in a making beer? We've actually used pepper in a cask one time. We did a black saison and uh, cracked like peppercorn. And it was just perfect. Really? Yeah. Don't, don't use it on like big batches. It's something like, we, it's, you gotta, it's light handed. So we'll, we'll just do like a small, like five gallon uh, firkin cask of it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And uh, I mean, obviously oranges is more popular or more, more well known it, to put oranges it, in beer. It, especially here in the land of citrus. I oh. mean, there's some beautiful freaking citrus farms around here. Mm -hmm. And then back to the pepper thing. Uh, we've also made a beer that we used uh, like pink peppercorns in. Uh, a little bit light handed also, but like a bigger batch of beer, yeah. Interesting. And, um, and then oranges and lemons, you're, uh, what, what, what beer would you make with oranges and lemons? So oranges, uh, one of our number one sellers is uh, Bubblehead Blood Orange. Yeah, we get those oranges from uh, King and King Ranch. Okay. Uh, we, we have gotten them from another ranch before, uh, Casitas, Casitas Valley Ranch. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, exclusively nowadays we get them from uh, King and King Ranch. Yep. And then grapefruits, uh, another citrus, another popular beer we make is grapefruit uh, IPA. Mm -hmm. The beer, the only beer we have that doesn't really have a, like a cool, trendy, like nautical diving deep sea name uh -huh. uh, is literally our number one selling beer. And we get those, uh, we get that fruit from Mud Creek Ranch. Okay. Yep. And I understand you're, you've also got uh, hops growing locally? Yes, man. We, uh, we, we brewed our first wet hop uh, beer last year. 
and we got the hops from uh, Soa Heart uh, mm -hmm. out in Fillmore. Mm -hmm. And we actually talk about a hole in one, man. We that was the first time ever brewing that type of beer, mm -hmm. and the fact that we were able to get those hops local was amazing. And we entered that beer into the San Diego International Beer Competition last year and took silver. Really? Yeah, amazing, man. That's def awesome. Definitely, definitely a rebrew. Definitely yeah. a rebrew. Very yep. cool. Now, how did you how did you get your start? I understand that you started the business and you and your wife started the business in 2014. Yeah. Um, the problem the problem is I've always been accused of having a drinking problem. I only have like two hands and one mouth. <laughs> so it's like so it's like uh, how, how how can I make more beer? Is uh -huh. is like the running joke. But no, it's uh, we. Um, we, yeah, she's, she's been my homebrew partner ever mm -hmm. since we started. About 2004-ish, uh, started getting real serious into like uh, homebrewing mm -hmm. um, and kind of got a good knack for it, you know, as uh, entering in local competitions and stuff and getting uh, awards and accolades and whatnot. And uh, the, uh, the military career was coming to an end mm -hmm. and it was, uh, was kind of like a what next thing. Right. And we're like, do it, and, you know, screw it, brew it, man. Let's uh, let's give it a shot, because I would rather always look back in 10 to 15 years if it, if it was a colossal failure, than yeah. look back in like 10 to 15 years and go, what if and what could have happened? Right. You know, so we just took a leap of faith and went with it. That's a know? great. That's a great philosophy. Yeah. So you were in Iraq and you were making beer for your buddies in uh, like 2007-ish? Not in Iraq. <laughs> there's, no drinking, there's no drinking problem. No, <laughs> leave it in. I don't care. No, uh, Iraq was just one of the uh, places I was deployed to, uh, but the the saying uh navy divers like we dive the world over oh and, wow yeah i've been multiple countries uh philippines um uh, masira oman uh japan philippines uh like all through the philippines actually mm -hmm. so just just to name a few places mm -hmm. but uh yeah uh but uh yeah no brewing beer in iraq but okay. uh, <laughs> i wish i wish there was <laughs> there's only non-alcoholic beer over there interesting yeah very cool when i was 16, well, I should say 21. Um, there were only a few choices. Well, statute of limitations on that. No, go ahead. <laughs> right. There are only a few choices, uh, you know, Budweiser, Coors, Miller. Now it just seems like there's an endless number of beer makers and types of beer, and yep. it's just kind of exploded. And what, what do you attribute to that? Just, uh, just an interest in the there, there are a lot. I think, uh, I think to date, there's like 8,000 craft breweries, um, and the tribute to it is, I think people just want variety, mm -hmm. and they want flavor, and they want like they want uh, they want to experience more than just uh, like a regular lager. Right. You know? I mean, right. if you if you look at the world of beers and what, where where it was at and where it's at now, it's just like. It's a stark difference in the the, uh, the availability of the different flavors and types. I mean, even in IPA long, you have like uh, a different, several different styles, mm -hmm. like hazy IPA, session IPAs, double IPAs, triple IPAs. For, you know, and then they got the milkshake IPAs coming on, and there's there's still like style developments going on, which is amazing. You know, Interesting. and I think that's fueled by the customer who wants a variety of things. You know, what is a milkshake IPA? I must ask. Uh, apparently, and this is. This is where I'm probably just going to get shot at by all the, the beer people out there because I don't know, I haven't researched the style that much, but uh, in a broad brush stroke, I believe it's something like a hazy IPA and you, you, uh, you're putting a, uh, a fair dose of lactose in it to give it like that milky creaminess to it. Okay. Yep. And I understand you're actually making a beer with nitrogen. How do you, how do, you do that? What's that all about? Uh, it's, it's a, uh, we're not actually 
making it with nitrogen. I guess CO2 could be considered like a CO2 and nitrogen could be uh, another ingredient of it. So mm -hmm. we'll take uh, what we like to do is instead of just the regular, everybody's seen the Guinness on stout or Guinness on nitro and you get that beautiful cascading effect from the nitro nitrogen. Um, what we do is we'll actually take uh, we'll take some of the beer from almost almost every batch. There's not a batch that we haven't really tried to, to nitrogenate, and um, we'll we'll put that on tap mm -hmm. with the regular beer. Also, um, it uh, it actually brings a whole different uh, character to the beer. It, it takes carbide out of it. It creams it a little bit, mm -hmm. and sometimes it, it accentuates some of the uh, hops, like an IPA, and sometimes it'll it'll accentuate like the citrus components in the uh, uh the fruit beers too okay what do you think it takes to make really good beer love love care mm -hmm. uh and being one hell of a janitor is <laughs> 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 uh, brewers are glorified janitors man keep it keep it clean and lean uh mm -hmm. and it, it takes a lot actually it's it's not just something that you can just go mix a bunch of ingredients with and like haphazardly expect something nice to come out on the other side there's calculations right. and there's uh getting in getting in those accept, acceptable parameters and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of cussing discuss and like mm -hmm. sketching things out and doing your math and your homework before you actually even like uh start grinding the grain yep i love that cuss and discuss yeah <laughs> it's a little navy saying we had like in the chief's mess like you know if there's like some major issues we all get in the room we cuss and discuss and like, beat each other up pretty good and then we walk out and as one voice with a plan right yeah. so is it, I mean, trial and error? I mean, you, you make a big batch or you start with a small batch and then you kind of say, this, is, this has got something here, let's make a big batch or? Uh, no, we're comfortable, we're comfortable with uh, um, just scaling it up, doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, after, after so long, you, you kind of know what you're gonna get from your ingredients, you know what you're gonna get from your system, you know what you're gonna get from uh, your water profiles, all that stuff. So it's like, we, could, uh, we can get pretty damn close on the first try. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we will tweak the beer. For whatever it needs yeah it's just uh, uh when you look at the uh, economy of motion and scale on it it's, it's just easier to just do your homework sure and then just scale it up and as, as i like to say screw it brew it you know right <laughs> um when you're when you're distributing beer or selling beer to the to the customers do you kind of know immediately if you got a if you've got a winner maybe one's kind of just like people are ordering one beer over another yeah, there's things in favor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it's frustrating to our customers because uh, we we are very eclectic. We do make a lot of different styles of beers. I mm -hmm. think uh, to date we're probably up to like about 65 different beers. Really? Yeah. Uh, our our goal was to uh, have variety within variety. So we have uh, like the light. Let's just take that. So we got Battleship Blonde, we got uh, Liberty Card Lager, mm -hmm. we have uh, uh, Kolsch that we make. So we wanted at least three to four different beers for each style of beer. Interesting. Yeah. Now you're not making all 65 at no. once. I mean, no, how no, many no. would you have we are, on we tap? We are rotating tanks like crazy though. So okay. it's like uh, on, on tap at any given time, probably about 12 beers. Okay. Yeah. And then back to the, back to the customers, like you, you know right away, they're like, uh, it's, it's, it's one of the things they're like, they're already asking for the beer before we get ready to send out the beer blast distro text and stuff. And then we're like, oh, that beer's gone. <laughs> like, but this one's on. And they're uh -huh. like, oh, I'll take that too. It's like, but it's, they can't get that, that exact beer all the time, every time. Mm -hmm. But they do know that 
they could order with a high degree of confidence, whatever they're going to get is going to be a phenomenal beer and it's going to sell well for them. Gotcha. So do you kind of do like an annual rotation too? They kind of know that, you know, December, like, yeah, I know that November is kind of like pumpkin or pumpkin no, month. No, kind of. it's not a beer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's the running joke about pumpkin beers. What to do with them. Put them right down the trash. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry, all the pumpkin people out there. Don't, uh, don't get mad at me. But... Uh, yeah, there there are seasonals, mm-hmm. um, and there's some seasonals that were so damn popular that we we've uh, we've come up with ways to make them year round, mm-hmm. just so we can have them on on tap. Like uh, the the citrus, uh, I'm pointing at a bucket full of fruit right here. If anybody had, <laughs> it's like, yeah, those are those are the uh, those are the uh, grapefruits that we get from Mud Creek, and then these are some of the beautiful oranges that we get from uh, King and King Ranch. We'll cut one of these open. In a is minute. that a blood see. orange? This is a blood orange. This Very is what cool. goes in the uh, bubblehead uh, pale ale. We uh, we had to figure out a way to like try to keep those beers on all year round. Mm-hmm. You know, so we only have very few seasonals now. Like uh, Liberty Cart Lager is like one of our summer seasonals that's going to be coming on tap pretty soon. Mm-hmm. You know, light, sessionable drinking beer, beautiful for California summer. Right. Um, just to name one, and then we have uh, we have another one, Imperial Chocolate Oatmeal Stout that we we release in like January, February. Tell us about uh, Davy Jones's Locker. What, what's Davy Jones's Locker? Oh, Davy Jones Locker is a uh, it's a it's a term for it's where the it's where uh, sailors go to die. You know, <laughs> that's that's their that's their eternal uh, resting place. Davy gotcha. Jones Locker. And when we when we opened up Sight and Brewing Company, we we had a nice little tap room. You guys, this is by the way, this is going to be our new tap room this year. We'll talk okay. about it in a little bit, but we had a little tap room, two units down that we called Davy Jones Locker, so everybody can just come in, dive in, and have some beers and a good time. Yeah, very cool. So it's obviously it's growing, getting a lot bigger, more popular. It is more yep. people coming in. Yes, sir. Bigger space. Yeah, super, super. It, Super excited about that, man. We have some of the best damn customers in the world, man. Very cool. Yeah. I don't even call it co- the, the best guest in the world. You know? yeah. That's awesome. And you're distributing locally, too. Yeah, very small distribution footprint because we are, we are a small brewery. Uh, it's a seven-barrel system. It's not that big of a system. So we decided to keep the, the footprint ultra-local. like local. Downtown Ventura is most of the counts. Uh, we got a couple out in Ojai and in Camarillo. Um, not a lot, just a handful. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's uh it's it's difficult when you don't have like huge large vats of beer that you can like supply it's kind of a go big or go home game right so we kind of have to have the right mix Mm -hmm. to make sure we have the right uh amount on tap on draft at the brewery and to be able to supply our customers without ever letting either one of those two down interesting so don't don't overextend right right and uh i understand you've got uh your pet a pet friendly pub oh man we love dogs very cool yeah and it's it's uh it's it's amazing people love to come out to visit breweries and bring their bring their fur babies with them you know right. like it, on any given day this the patio we set up out here you'll see like maybe like 10 10 dogs or so you know very yeah. cool yeah and uh what is what is pints with the purpose Pines was a purpose is, uh, sadly, we had to like pump the brakes on that one a little bit during COVID, mm-hmm. uh, you know, batting down the hatches a little bit, but yeah. like we, we really believe in giving back. It's not that, I got a little saying is we're not, we not, we're not in the community, we are the community mm-hmm. and you have to be a good steward of that community. And uh, what we do with Pines for the purposes, that's like a fundraiser for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we select uh, certain uh, charitable organizations mm-hmm. that uh, proceeds from Pines with a Purpose 
will go to that organization. Hopefully we can bring that back, back online here pretty soon as things start to ramp up and we dig out of this uh, COVID hole. Gotcha, so if yeah. you'd have an event and then you might have a charitable group that would get a portion of those proceeds for that particular mm -hmm. event. Yep, yeah, and it's, no, it's uh, interesting that you say it that way. It's, uh, it's good for them also as like a, they can contribute to it also. So they will run it for like uh, several weeks mm -hmm. and that'll give that organization time for their people to come in and check out the brewery and know that they're like supporting us and supporting their own organization at the same time. It's like a win-win. Very win -win, cool. actually. Very cool. Yep. And speaking of like fruit, um, and I mentioned the Casitas Valley branch. Uh, well, Anthony, Anthony used to live there under a tree in a hammock. <laughs> so the running joke. And he was a pig farmer turned brewer. Uh, that guy loves pigs, man. He's got like his big tattoo pig right here. And he's, he's like a pig whisperer, man. He, like, he goes up to that farm and those damn animals like come running to him like, Dad. This is uh, one of your, he's, Anthony's one of your chief, yeah, chief brewers? He was, yeah, he was, he was the, the guy that was here, helped setting up here earlier. Uh, and the running, the running joke is, is that uh, I, we rescued him from that farm because <laughs> that farm ain't, it ain't around anymore. It's been like sold and I think uh, they put some houses on it and stuff, but like there was, uh, by knowing Anthony, by knowing Anthony, we, we were able to like get those oranges from that one tree. That whole farm had one blood orange tree on it and it was the most phenomenal oranges until we got these from like King and King Ranch. I mean, those are, those are freaking phenomenal oranges. But uh, that, was, uh, that was a total Anthony connection. Very cool. Yeah, he, uh, pig farmer turned brewer, man. Yeah, he's a good guy. And blood oranges is, a, is seasonal, right? You're making a blood orange batch kind of seasonally knowing that it's gonna be ripe yep. at a certain time of year? Yep, it is. It's, uh, um, this is uh, some of the freshest batches you could probably get right now. I mean, the oranges are perfect. They're ripe. I mean, they're like, they're like ready to go. We actually got these delivered uh, Friday, Okay. last Friday. I uh -huh. mean, these came right off the tree and they're, they're gonna go into the beer tomorrow. Okay. So yeah. So will you, you'll juice that orange and then how will that go into the- It's class five. Class five. All right. <laughs> it's a, that's a little something we call PFM. It's all pure right. freaking magic. A <laughs> uh, little bit of the orange all the way through the process. Same okay. with the grapefruit, mm -hmm. yeah. We joke about it. We have fun with it, but uh, yeah, that's uh, the story. The the story with Anthony also is uh, when we talk about how he came to work for us and how we like rescued him off the farm is like he uh, he I used to have a head brewer uh, Reno. He he Reno actually owns Droughtsman L Works up in Goleta now. So if you guys whoever's out there listening to this, go check them out, man. It's phenomenal. So Anthony was always in the back. Like he just showing up during brew days. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Really? Just, who is this just guy? Just random. Yeah, and then the lawyers at the time, you know, you're always on edge. The lawyers are like, there's no such thing as a, a volunteer in the brewery, and and then they're like, ah, you're just like, the safest thing is like remove the threat, right? So it's right. so it's like Reno, you need to run your friend off. <laughs> so, and he uh, he runs him off, and that's, but we still see him a lot in the tap room and. And I was retiring from the Navy and I was, uh, and I took over all the brewing operations and everything and um, I had to get shoulder surgery, the torn rotator cuff. And a little hard to lift 50 pound bags, slinging 50 pound bags and mix and mash and all oh, that yeah. stuff with a, with a shoulder and a sling. Oh man. So uh, we, 
we decided like, hey, Anthony freaking loves beer. He's here all the time. He was hanging out with Rip. Ask him if he just wants to help out and lift some bags and stuff. And we're like, and then he was like, he didn't even hesitate, man. He's like, yeah, absolutely. And Anthony worked himself up from that all the way up to like uh, like head brewer position, man. And uh, that's awesome. He has just been phenomenal. So he was sleeping in a hammock under yes. a tree on a pig farm, and <laughs> yes. you and he was randomly coming here to hang out. Yeah. And now he's the head brewmaster. Crazy, right? That's incredible. He's a uh, he's a great dude, man. There's that's that's one of the that's one of the funniest like sea stories we like to tell about like when we're talking about farms and stuff because so we have that we have that connection he lived on the farm he loved the farm he was uh, he was huge like uh loves animals and pigs and stuff and um we were we were actually even at uh one point delivering all the spent grain up to uh casitas valley oh for, to feed, for, the, to feed yeah, the pigs yeah to feed the pigs oh yeah. very cool yeah we have a local farmer nowadays um joel i think he's got a farm out in somas um he picks up the spent grain and he uh he actually feeds um goats and i think you got some sheep and you know we're we started brewing more and more and more so he started taking more so then he's like oh i'll get a cow or two so he's now you got now he's got like a couple cows and it's like so it's wow it's like the whole circle of things you know it's it's good to see it uh used in a um environmentally safe sustainable way you know absolutely not yep. just going down the drain yeah. to the landfill no it's just total waste you know it's like yeah. You know they love it. The, the the animals love it. It's yeah. it's a perfect uh, byproduct, reusable byproduct, and it's uh, it's just a perfect fit. You know. Very yeah. cool. How did you think of the name Poseidon Brewing? My um, job in the Navy, uh, my naval career, it was a uh, underwater construction diver, CB diver, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a um, deep sea diver mm -hmm. basically. When the company was going to be named uh, Deep Sea Brewing Company. Uh, we had to wave off of that because uh, somebody had the the name, which is on a on a sidebar. That's kind of a tough one with all the breweries and stuff with right. like names and beer names and whatnot. It's just something you have to wrestle with. It was uh, it was devastating, you know, like uh, to like because I had like logos drawn up. I had pint glasses. I had everything. It was going to be Deep Sea Brewing Company, you know. It's like, um, and we told her we couldn't use this. So we go back to the drawing board and. We were we were like all over the place, like names like Deep Sea, Deep Ocean Brewing Company, you know, something just to pay homage to that. And then and then it popped up uh, as uh, Poseidon Brewing Company. Like, what about the the god of the deep blue sea instead of the deep blue sea? And I was like, dude, as soon as I heard, I was like, oh, That's you it. know, sometimes the biggest stroke of luck is not getting what you want. Because I, I freaking love that name, and it's just like it's got some, it's just got some horsepower to it. Yep, you know, and. It's, uh, that's, that's kind of where the name came from. It stemmed off of like my career, career going by, you know, mm -hmm. and I just wanted to, I, you know, I love the ocean. Mm -hmm. I love mermaids. I love <laughs> dolphins. I love whales. Uh -huh. I love, you know, it's, and it, I love tridents. It's like everything about it. It was just, uh, it's just a good fit. You Very know? cool. So Brian Oliver, thank you for being our guest on this edition of Farm Talk. We greatly appreciate it. Hey man, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So when you're in Ventura, California, be sure to stop by Poseidon Brewing for a pint of beer. 65 choices, not all, not all at once. Yeah. Our sponsors are Escrow Hub and The Money Store. And you can find Farm Talk on Amazon, Apple, YouTube, wherever podcasts are found. And be sure to check in next month when we have another edition of Farm Talk.